Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 12 Ghosts is a production of iHeart3D Audio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Headphones recommended. Listener discretion advised. Out of the bosom of the air, out of the cloud folds of her garments shaken, over the woodlands brown and bare, over the harvest fields forsaken, silent and soft and slow descends the snow. But we are warm here inside. Who are you? I'm the innkeeper. Now, Annabelle, who are you? More wine, I think. The Romans called this conditum paradoxum, and it was a bitter brew, but it fortified the soul all the same. Warmed the body, relaxed the mind, loosened the tongue. Over time, recipes changed based on what was available, and eventually, praise all that is good, it became palatable. But it doesn't matter, does it? The spirit is still the same, so to speak. We fill ourselves with the warming spices and alcohol, courses through our veins, and for a little while at least, we forget the cold wind rattling the windows. <laughs> Look at the time, will you? Well, we should be expecting our next guest right about. Ah, well, pardon me, won't you? Good evening, traveller. I've been expecting you. Come in. I was... I don't remember. That's all fine. Please, sit. This is Annabelle. Uh, hello. We were just having a nice warm cup of mulled wine. Would you like to join us? Knock a little of the chill off your bones? Yes. Yes, thank you. Annabelle and I were just discussing the history of drunkenness, of inner warmth. Here, join us. 
Thank you. Something troubles you, Noel. Have we met? We've not, but I've read your name in my ledger earlier. Oh. What is it that weighs on your mind? I have a question. Please. How does one know if they've encountered something supernatural? Are there signs? Spectral symptoms? Or are we ready-made with just some base human instinct where we can, like, smell the lack of blood in their hollow little veins? I can't smell anything. Have you ever been to Homer, Alaska? Folks call it the end of the road. One way in, one way out. And you have to really try to get there. You don't just stumble upon it blindly. You have to seek out the finite ends of things in this world. There aren't many of them, and Homer is one of those few. The town looks like a postcard. Mountain backdrops nestled right up against the sea. The houses are small and candy-colored. The air feels like cold nourishment, an icy snake nuzzling your lungs, reminding you of the life somersaulting through your body. If there's a heaven, it looks like Homer. It's a small town. Beautiful, but small. Just over 5,000 residents. Now, 5,000 sounds like a big number, until you realize that you know everything there is to know about each and every one of your neighbors. Which ones are cheating with which other ones? Who's hiding their drinking problem? Who's not hiding their drinking problem? And which ones came all the way to some tiny village to start a new life where no one would come looking? Now that last one, that's most of them. No shame in it. I believe most people think about disappearing at one point or another, leaving all of your possessions and loved ones behind. The residents of Homer were just brave enough to pull the trigger and actually do it. You've thought about doing it too, haven't you? Or you're thinking about it now, at least. Just you, alone, staring down the end of the road. <sighs> I used to work the overnight shift at the sheriff's office. Rookie officer, which in this sense means I was essentially a glorified night porter. In all my time there, not one person had ever been brought in late night. So, naturally, it took me off guard when I found a stranger in the holding cell halfway through my shift on a blustery Tuesday evening, damn near scared the iron right out of my blood. No clue how long he had been in there. There was no intake paperwork, no note from the previous guard. Just a sallow husk of an older man. Gaunt, his face patchy and red, chewed raw by the cracked teeth of Alaskan winter air. He was thoroughly dehydrated, his muscles and veins popping from his frame like a failed escape. 
trapped to his body by only the worn elasticity of his paper skin. The man was haggard, chased by a massive dead of sleep. His eyes were open, though. Yellow and bloodshot as they were, tracking my movements as I stepped closer to peer into his cell like he was some diseased animal in a roadside zoo. I thought it was a simple enough question. What's your name? The man blinked at me, a whirlpool of delirium behind his eyes. He opened his mouth moved his lips around a series of words, but soundlessly, like someone had put the old bastard right on mute. Most unsettling thing I'd ever seen, at that stage of the night, anyway. I repeated, Sir, what is your name? And there he went, moving his mouth again, but this time I thought maybe I could hear something buzzing deep in his gullet, like a tiny faction of bees. I'm having a little trouble hearing you, I said. Can you come a little closer? He stood, wavering on his feet, and shuffled forward to the bars of the cell. I planted my feet firm and pulled my shoulders back. I'm not a big woman, but I've learned how to fake stature in my time. I asked him a third time, Can you tell me your name? This time I could confirm the man was indeed speaking. He sounded like a recording of a recording put on the lowest volume setting and trapped in a tin can. I just need to rest a spell, he said. His lips continued crawling around the shape of his words long after the sentence fell from his mouth, like a poorly dubbed movie. And then he jerked a purple hand into his moldy jeans pocket and pulled out his wallet for me. ID read, Kyle Gibbert, Los Angeles, California. I told old Kyle he was quite a ways from home, and in that staticky, faraway voice, he simply repeated, I mean no offense to our host, but this wine tastes like the forgotten dreams of a used-up Band-Aid. It's weak as hell. You water it down? Oh, I would never. (laughs) But go on. I could probably stand to drink more water anyways. So. I put Mr. Gibbert into our database. Turns out he'd been missing since 2013 and was officially pronounced dead seven years later. Funny thing, the man prowling around in that cell like a feral animal only looked half dead to me. But this wasn't the first time someone new showed up in Homer to disappear. So I ran a full background check. No jobs, no residences, no taxes paid. Nothing at all to indicate that Kyle Gibbert should be standing here in front of me, sucking in the air that was intended only for the living. I asked if he went by any other aliases, but through that same thick, mismatched static, he wheezed again. I just need to rest a spell. (laughs) 
<clears throat> so I did the next logical thing. I called his estranged wife in the middle of the night, woke her plumb up and asked, Mrs. Gibbert? I swear to God, you never heard the grog drop from somebody's voice faster in your life. Set me straighter than spider silk. Mrs. Gibbert made it very clear that she did not go by that name anymore. I told her that I had Kyle with me, 3,600 miles away in a dinky little drunk tank at the end of the road. She asked. I checked the ID again. The little picture showed a healthy young man, handsome by some standards, life coursing through his cheeks and hanging plump around his face and neck. This thing in the cage across from me bore no resemblance, but before I could say so, the woman on the line told me she had long since made peace with the death of her husband, and she'd take legal action if harassment of this nature were to continue. And even if he were alive, she didn't want him no more. She was done, moved on, remarried and all. And then, click, she was gone. And Kyle Gibbert was fully my problem. A soggy gray holding cell ain't no proper place to get a good night's sleep. I knew nobody else would be coming in that night, and I knew what it's like to turn up brand new for the first day in a fresh life. Second chances are everything. We don't judge or ask questions in Homer. You want to wander out of your Los Angeles apartment, disappear off the face of the earth, convince the world you're dead, then show up nearly ten years later ready to start all over? Well... I suppose I'm going to give you a warm bed to sleep in that night and a hot cup of coffee in the morning to get you on your way. It's the neighborly thing to do. The world looked different walking beside Kyle on the way back to my home. I remember thinking maybe I just never really paid attention to the world at night. Those candy-colored houses dulled to mute shades of their daytime glory in the shadows. I could feel the wind gnawing at the tip of my nose but couldn't hear its normally persistent wail. And the snow that dripped from the sky, white crystalline fluffs during the day, smeared like ash on my fingertips under the moon's two-tone pallor. Kyle's mouth moved wordlessly as we walked, a steady drone of static buzzing from his windpipe. At one point, he threw his head back, mouth wide, his throat undulating with the heft of a screeching, feedback-laden belly laugh. He quieted, content, a wide smile on his sunken, cracked face. I lived alone in a cozy one-bedroom. A rookie sheriff's salary doesn't buy you much, but what I had suited me just fine. Besides, the overstuffed couch stationed in my living room had seen its share of wayward visitors in its time, never once with any complaint. I layered the cushions a thousand blankets deep and fluffed my finest down pillows for my guest. But Kyle stood frozen in the doorframe, flickering underneath the faulty porch light. 
I took him by the hand to lead him inside. Cold. His fingers rigid like they'd snap under the pressure of my gentlest touch. The winters are harsh in Homer. Come on, let's get you to sleep, I whispered to Kyle. I just need to rest a spell. He crackled. The chill of the next morning woke me earlier than usual. I thought the pilot light must have gone out at some point in the middle of the night. I pulled on my thickest robe and warmest house shoes, hoping that the veritable sauna I'd created out of blankets had been enough to keep Kyle Gibbert warm on the couch. But to no one's real surprise, Kyle wasn't there. The blankets were pulled tight and ducked in, completely undisturbed, aside from their wetness. Damp and freezing cold like Kyle was nothing but a man-shaped block of ice that had melted right through the sofa into the floorboards absorbed into earth itself. I didn't go back to work after that. Never called in or gave any notice. I just walked right past the sheriff's station and kept on walking. They call Homer the end of the road. One way in, one way out. But I'd never tried walking past the end of the road before until that next day. The sky was overcast, blinding white, perfectly camouflaged against a new layer of fresh snow. Impossible to tell where the ground ended and the sky began, and then in all that whiteness, night fell, and everything blotted out into an inky abyss. And there, in the nothing, there was something. The buzzing of a tiny faction of bees. Kyle Gibbert's feedback-laden laughter. And there were others, too. Recordings of recordings of droning, indecipherable whispers spattered through the dark, staticky siren songs for me to follow. So I did. And then... Well, you know where this is going. Sparked from the void, there was suddenly a beacon of light, a flickering orange flame through thick tempered glass windows, an old inn. You all hunkered down inside. I have to say it's been so nice meeting all of you. I'm sorry, I think the night's caught up with me all of a sudden. I'm so tired. That's all right, though. I'll be better. I just need to rest a spell.
You've come a very, very long way, Noel. And it just so happens that you've arrived at the very best place to rest. Yes. Good. I happen to have here a beautiful key. Simple brass, polished to shine. An older key. Hollow barrel and Baroque bow. One of my favorites. It belongs to a door on the second floor. The second door on the left. On the other side is the very thing that you have come to find. I'll give it to you. I hope that it will suffice. Thank you. Go now, Noel. Good night. Good night. Ah, now, where were we? Oh, the wine. We were talking about the wine. Uh, and before that, you were going to tell me your story. Was I? I do believe so. I don't recall agreeing to that. Oh, well. <laughs> I must be mistaken. But the night is long, Annabelle, and there is more than enough time. The truth will out. Twelve Ghosts, starring Malcolm McDowell as The Innkeeper and Gina Rakiki as Annabelle. Episode 2, Rest a Spell. Written by Zoe Cooper, with additional writing by Nicholas Tokoski. Editing by Chris Childs and Stephen Perez, featuring Suhaila E. Young as Noel. Directed by Nicholas Tokoski. Original score and sound design by Chris Childs. Executive producers Aaron Mankey, Matt Frederick, Alexander Williams, and Nicholas Tokoski. Supervising producer Josh Thane. Producers Chris Childs and Stephen Perez. Casting by Sunday Bowling, CSA, and Meg Mormon, CSA. Production coordinator, Wayna Calderon. Recorded at Lantern Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Engineered by Chris Gardner. Eros Sound and Recording in Ojai, California. Engineered by Ken Eros. 12 Ghosts was created by Nicholas Tukoski and is a production of iHeart3D Audio and Grim and Mild from Aaron Mankey. Learn more about the show at GrimAndMild.com and find more podcasts from iHeartRadio by visiting the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.